Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Season 2, Episode 3 of Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. Last week we had Tom, Rams Beat on Twitter, to discuss the Rams defense, what their roster looks like moving forward to 2022, which free agents they should retain, which ones they should let walk, all of that stuff from a salary cap perspective as well. Tom is back this week, very informative discussion about the Rams' offense and special teams. And we'll wrap it up at the end with a summary of all the moves Tom thinks the Rams need to make to improve this roster, not just maintain it, and fit it all underneath the salary cap as well. Lots of good stuff. Check it out. And on that note, we have some really cool interviews planned moving forward. We'll spin those up as we get closer to the draft. First, some random Rams news. Now, we already knew about all these coaching moves. Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator. Greg Olson coming back from the Raiders as a senior offensive assistant. Thomas Brown, last year's running back coach, moving over to the tight ends. Zach Robinson, now the assistant quarterback coach. And Jack Peets, also coaching the quarterbacks. Some additional moves. Rashad Samples, a highly regarded running backs coach out of TCU is coming over to do the same for the Rams, taking that job Thomas Brown previously held. Skylar Jones is coming on board as an assistant defensive line coach, and Jeremy Springer will be an assistant with the special teams. Some player news, Andrew Whitworth still stewing over whether he should retire or not. Be nice if he made that decision quickly here. I suspect the Rams would like him to make his decision already, because that'll impact what they do in free agency, especially with regards to Joseph Noteboom. News this weekend that Von Miller and the Rams have mutual interest. Kind of already knew that. I don't call that news. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have interest in each other. In fact, Von Miller posted on Instagram, you've all seen that to-do list. NFC West champs crossed out. NFC champions crossed out. Super Bowl champions crossed out. That was all over Twitter and Instagram following the Super Bowl. Well, Von Miller posted the same list and then at the bottom, uncrossed, run it back. So that's a pretty good indication Von Miller is heading back to the Rams, or at least he would like to come back to the Rams. And the Rams are working on new contracts for Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. That'll be a big piece of that restructuring that needs to occur for the Rams to maintain this roster, improve this roster, and get underneath the salary cap. A couple quick notes regarding Sean McVay. Over the regular season and playoffs, he has now beat every team in the NFL except the Steelers, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. He'll get another shot at the Bills this year. He'll get a shot at the Steelers in 2023. Both those games will be at home, by the way. And in 2024, he'll get another shot at the Bills, as well as a second shot at the Dolphins and Jets. And something I noticed that I thought was kind of curious, the Rams are 3-0 and 
under McVeigh against divisional opponents in the playoffs. They have beaten the Seahawks, Cardinals, and 49ers in the playoffs all over the last two years, actually. Word on the street is that OBJ could be back on the field in early November. That'll obviously impact how hard the Rams go at re-signing him. I think they will re-sign him. Hey, and look at these attendance figures. From 2021, the Rams were 8th in average home attendance, over 71,000. They were 6th in average overall attendance, home and away, over 69,000. And they are one of six teams to max out attendance, 100% home attendance. So maybe Kroenke had it figured out after all. He didn't listen to this garbage that LA is not a football town. This stadium has been packed for every game. Now granted, a lot of fans showing up for the visiting team. That's just LA though. That's the way it's going to be for a little while until the Rams get a couple more Super Bowls in their pocket. Some notes on the scouting combine. It's just amazing how fast players are getting. Jerry Rice ran a 4.71 in the 40 at his combine. This week, Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis, who comes in at 341 pounds, ran a 4.78, just a hair behind Jerry Rice's time. Who stood out from what I can tell? Well, the aforementioned Davis, he'll go high in this draft. Ikem Ikwonu, the tackle out of North Carolina State, is either number one or the number two tackle. Hey, he may have jumped Evan Neal to number one. We'll have to see, but he looked very good. Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, everybody's raving about him. He was already the number one running back on some boards. Two at worst. six one two fifteen. Man, he looks the part. And Kenneth Walker III, the running back out of Michigan State. He was in the Heisman Trophy discussion at one point, and he showed very well at the Combine. And shout out to Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pittsburgh, taking a lot of heat for his hand size, eight and a half inches, which are smaller than mine, by the way. But he went out there and performed really well wearing gloves. Hopefully put that discussion to bed. Kenny Pickett can play quarterback in the NFL. Hand size is not going to hold him back. Sky Moore, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, tore it up. He came into the combine as maybe a late second, early third rounder. I don't think he is anymore. He may have even elevated himself into the first round. He's got speed, but he also demonstrated excellent route running, and that's becoming more and more important with many teams in the NFL. He can run routes already. Teams are going to want him on their roster couple other guys that stood out. Now, both of these, I'm riding on Daniel Jeremiah's coattails. Running back Tyler Goodson out of Iowa. What's interesting about him is, good luck trying to find him on any draft boards. I went through the top 400 on Draft Tech. No Tyler Goodson, but Daniel Jeremiah is on his bandwagon, and the tape I saw on him, yeah, he, he looks like an NFL running back. Probably a late rounder, but good for him came to the combine and turned some heads. And then there's offensive tackle Trevor Penning, another guy Jeremiah called out. Out of northern Iowa, this guy is athletic and he is big. 6'7", 325. He could have played the mountain in Game of Thrones. He looks the part of a dominant NFL tackle. 
get through some Major League Baseball notes. Well, what do you know? Nothing to report. MLB is blowing it. This is the time of year where the spotlight could be on them, but they're not playing. UCLA took care of USC Saturday night to secure the number two seed in the Pac-12 tournament. That was Mick Cronin's first win over the Trojans. So UCLA number two, USC number three, those two crosstown rivals will likely meet in the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Good chance they will meet again in the tournament. And then, of course, Selection Sunday coming up. And the Lakers pull off a big win over Seth Curry and the Golden State Warriors. The Lakers needed something good to happen. Man, they have been dismal. But that's a big win for them. They need to get it turned around. Hey, Matthew and Kelly Stafford were practically sitting on the Laker bench, cheering them on. LeBron and Stafford seem to have a connection there. So we'll have to see what happens with the Lakers. They should still make the playoffs, but they need to get some momentum going, string together some good performances, and hopefully some good things will happen for them in the playoffs. So next up, we will continue our interview with Tom. We'll start with the offense. We'll roll into the special teams, and then we will wrap everything up, summarize everything, offense, defense, and special teams, what the Rams need to do, what free agents they need to re-sign, what external free agents they might be interested in, what free agents are they going to let walk, and how do we get it all done while staying underneath the salary cap. Tom nails it down pretty good for us. Stick around for that. Coming up. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21-plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list for requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee... Call or text the TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. Welcome back, everybody. Last week, I had Tom, otherwise known as at Rams Beat on Twitter, as a guest to discuss the Rams roster on the defensive side of the ball. And Tom's back this week. How are you doing, Tom? Hey, great. Great to be back. And this week, we are going to talk about the Rams offense and special teams. Uh, What changes are 
forthcoming, what should the Rams be focusing on, what free agents they have, which ones should be retained, and so on. Basically what we did last week. So let's start with the wide receivers, and this is a little bit complicated. We have Cooper Cup, arguably the best wide receiver in the league coming back, Robert Woods returning from injury, Van Jefferson, a solid number three, Ben Skaronic, the rookie, had some bonehead plays and a lot of drops, but the Rams love him in the run game. They have Tutu Atwell and Jacob Harris coming back now. Harris is maybe a tight end, maybe a wide receiver. I don't think Sean McVay has even decided yet. So those two guys will come, will be coming back. And then we have OBJ, a free agent but injured, provided the vertical threat for much of the year. And then Brandon Powell, another free agent who I loved in the punt return game, great ball security, and really adds something the Rams have been missing, that punt return threat. I guess what I'm getting at, Tom, is there's a lot of bodies here. And if we bring back Powell and OBJ, do we have room for all of these guys? Uh, is Skowronik and Atwell and maybe even Harris at risk of losing a job if we keep Powell and when OBJ comes back? Yeah, that's a great question. There's obviously a lot of bodies here. Um, however, we know from history that the Rams prioritize the wide receiver position. It's the second most important position after quarterback. Uh, they proved that when they drafted Atwell last year, uh, even though they had a, a full cadre of receivers uh, in lieu of a, of a Creed Humphrey and, and so forth, which many Rams fans uh, wish they had. So they obviously prioritize this position. The other aspect of this is that they're, all of these guys are heavy contributors on special teams. Uh, you look at, uh, uh, well, Atwell was starting to be. We didn't really see where he would, uh, where he would end up. But certainly Skoranek, uh, Koski, Harris, or, uh, and of course Powell are all heavy contributors on special teams. So in a sense, the Rams get a, uh, a big group of wide receivers to see who emerges and they get heavy production on the special team side. Well, the other aspect is all of those guys, with the exception of, of Cup and Woods, are all a million dollars or less. So again, a, a very affordable group of very productive players um, and waiting to see which will emerge into a, a, a potentially a regular rotational player in the, um, at the wide receiver position. Regarding OBJ, he would have certainly gotten a, Sort of a 12 to 14 million dollar deal had he not been injured in the Super Bowl. Uh, however, now that he has been, uh, I do think he comes back on a re, uh, rehab deal. Maybe they give him a you know sort of two to three million dollars, something like that. He likes LA. I think he thinks he found a home. Uh, certainly, he like most other players at this point are very fond of the Rams medical team after what they did with Acres. Um, so I think they bring all of these guys back. And uh, that's a lot of bodies, but again, excellent special teams production and just see who emerges, see who, uh, who emerges with Cup Jefferson and um, Wood starting. Uh, they get, uh, they get, they can see if Atwell or Skoranek in advance. They can see uh, if Jacob Harris takes a, a leap forward, if Brandon Powell, who gets a full camp now to learn the offense can be integrated. And as you and I have talked about, uh, we know Matthew Stafford loves, Brandon Powell as well. And uh, he's been talking about him ever since 
uh, they he, Brandon Powell came over um, from their days in Detroit. So uh, I think they keep them all. I think it's very affordable and they love the position and they're all very productive. Yeah, I did see that snippet during the uh, Super Bowl. Stafford mic'd up uh, Brandon Powell uh, asking Stafford to get him out there so he could help out. So they definitely um, have a good relationship. So do you think it's fair to consider uh, Jacob Harris as part of this wide receiver mix, or, or do we know? Is he, is he a 50-50 guy, tight end, wide receiver? Yeah, I think he's a 50-50 guy. I think, uh, interestingly, I think that a lot of people point to McVay's comment in that press conference about him. I, I think he views this position in general as a hybrid. Uh, the way that he lines guys up, we see Higby lined up all the time on the uh, even uh, isolated on one side with the triple formation of the wide receivers on the other. Uh, we see our wide receivers um, notoriously being excellent blockers, Woods, Cup, getting a lot of, uh, you know, lining up Skoronic. inside. Skoronic, yeah, lining yeah. up inside at the tight end kind of position and um, sealing the edge. So I, I really feel like he says, hey, we have these are receivers. I don't know if they're wide receivers or tight ends, but uh, they all need to they all need to be able to catch passes and they all need to be able to block. And uh, so I think he views more positionally as a hybrid, not necessarily uh, Jacob Harris. OK, uh, I think that's a good uh, summary of the wide receiver situation. Uh, looks like we'll bring all these guys back, hopefully, and hope that someone steps up in the vertical passing game until OBJ gets back. Now, as far as tight ends, you know, we got Higby under contract, Kendall Blanton and Bryson Hopkins both started to emerge during the playoffs. And then there's Johnny Munt, who was out all year. He's a free agent, yeah. Yes, Johnny Munt's a free agent as well. Uh, so I'm wondering, well, and I guess we should also consider Jacob Harris in this mix. So my initial thought would be maybe the Johnny Munt era is over and Higby, Blanton, Hopkins, and Harris make up our tight end core. Yeah, I, I think uh, they like Munt a lot. Um, he was primarily a blocking tight end uh, for most of his years so far at the Rams. Uh, hasn't had a lot of targets. Uh, he has a couple of drops here and there that you know some people remember. But his hands have gotten a lot better, and his, uh, he was progressing very well at the beginning of this season in the passing game and they, and they were, they were starting to target him more. I think they bring him back and I think they bring him back, uh, you know, for a, a, you know, a low number, a million dollars, um, something like that. I don't think he's going to get a lot of play out in the marketplace. Uh, I do think they bring back Blanton and Hopkins as well. And uh, again, all of those guys have been excellent special teams players as well. So, we can't forget the contribution they're making on that side of the ball. The one thing that I think may happen at this position is that Tyler Higby may get cut. He may be a Ram cap casualty. Um, and his cap hit this year is about $8 million. Now, they would have some dead money there if they, if they cut him. There would be about $3 million in dead money. Um, the, he would, but there would be a $5 million cap savings. And uh, we also don't know how bad that injury was that he suffered. So that may be a cap casualty surprise. Again, I haven't heard many people mention it, but just looking at the numbers, 
you know, the only people that make more than Higby are the more that, that have a higher cap hit than Higby are Stafford, Cup, Woods, Donald, Ramsey, and Floyd, and uh, actually Havenstein as well. So, you know, he's right up there at that $8 million number. And the next uh, number after him is is uh, Johnny Hecker at $3.2 million. So there's a big gap there. I think they run it back with um, Hopkins, Blanton, and Munt, uh, given the production that we saw out of Hopkins and Blanton in particular at the end of the season, and Munt coming back. And unfortunately, I think Higby might be a cap casualty. Yeah, you know, what you're saying makes sense. It'd be uh, uh, it'd be sad to see, though. I really love Tyler Higby. He's been a warrior, and especially kind of a bummer in that he didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. But, uh, hey, if you have a guy that can get the job done uh, for one-fourth the price or three or four guys that'll end up costing as half as much as Higby, I guess it kind of makes sense. So maybe we'll see that happen. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's the other opportunity is just to completely uh, restructure his contract and and you know ask him to take a, a pay cut. Um, if he does get cut, I don't know what his market would be out there, but I'm guessing you know sort of the probably the four to five million dollar range. So we'll see what happens with him. I think that's the only questionable uh, salary on the books at this point that they won't just automatically restructure um, at the end of the uh, you know during the off season. Um, but I, I, I have I have one more for you coming up here. But oh, good. Okay, <laughs> we can maybe argue about that one. Okay, let's take a quick break here, and we'll continue our review of the offensive position groups, quarterbacks, running backs, and the offensive line. with our guest Tom at Ramspeed on Twitter. Let's continue then with our offensive position groups. My thoughts on the quarterback position is, well, obviously we have Stafford and Bryce Perkins and, and John Wolford is the exclusive rights free agent. And I was surprised they kept Perkins on the 53-man roster, but I'm wondering if it's because they they are looking forward to 2022 as a potentially a better backup than Wolford, um, and maybe to let Wolford walk. How do you feel about that? Do you think they just bring all three back? I think they do. I think they uh, they bring all three back. And um, Stafford, as good as he is at standing in the pocket and taking those hits, uh, there were a few times this year where it felt like uh, he might not get up. And uh, right. if he doesn't, they're going to need. Uh, uh, they're going to need somebody to step in and run that offense. And I think they're going to want two guys to, to be able to do so. Um, yeah. uh, and Wolford's, uh, uh, you know, can come back for the minimum. He'll be, he'll cost about a million dollars and Bryce Perkins is under a million dollars. So uh, the, that offense in particular is uh, so quarterback driven. Um, I guess most offenses are in the NFL, but need somebody that knows what they're doing. So I think both yeah. of those guys come back. And Perkins and Wolford can both extend plays, which I think, you know, uh, when the Rams are playing another team, the backups that scare me are those guys that can get outside the pocket and do stuff because very often that's what they have to do. And I think Perkins and Wolford can both do that to some extent. I don't know if either one of them are, are good enough to carry the team on a playoff drive, but you can't have everything, I suppose. 
it wasn't very long ago when Sean McVay wanted to start Wolford or did start Wolford over, uh, over Goff, Goff in right. a playoff game. And, uh, he went, yeah, he got hurt in the first, uh, in the very beginning and Goff came in and played well, but, right. um, yeah, I don't think, uh, McVeigh's going to cut or, or let uh, Wolford walk. Yeah. Okay. Running back position. Uh, I think we're in decent shape. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Jake Funk, all coming back. Uh, Raymond Kalais, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, he uh, was out with an injury, as was Xavier Jones. I would assume that means Sony Michelle and Buddy Howe will both probably not be brought back. Buddy Howe, I suppose they could at a very low price. That would be probably a camp competition with some of these other guys. Uh, so I, I guess the, the biggest question is, does Sony Michelle walk? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think he proved himself well, uh, out well this year uh, when he, he was their primary running back for most of the year. Uh, the projections are that he'll get between three and five million from somebody. And uh, I think that that will cause him to to walk, certainly for the money, but also, uh, you know, he's, he'll be running back three, uh, RB3 in this, right. um, as, as was shown in the Super Bowl when the other two guys were available. And yeah. uh, that's just not a role that, that he's going to want to take. And, and they certainly yeah. won't spend on RB3, three or $5 million. Yeah. And, and the only reason I would, and I'm not arguing to bring him back, but the thing I like about Sony is the other guys, virtually the entire position group aside from him has injury history. And, and Sony seems to be, you know, very tough and durable, but again, you can't have everything. I think if we rolled with acres, Henderson funk and one other body, I think this group would be in pretty good shape. This is another uh, position group where I think they're going to go, uh, get one or two players in the draft. I don't see them getting into free agency. They don't, they don't like to, uh, they don't want to pay for somebody and um, certainly like Acres enough as RB1 and Henderson as RB2 to not, not go out and pay you know, somebody like uh, Cordero Patterson or somebody like that. So, yeah. um, I, but I see them adding some depth here in the draft. Running backs are usually very, very good special teams players, very versatile. And yeah. uh, I can see them adding a, at least one if not two of their eight draft picks at this position. My special assistant uh, made the point recently to me. He said, if he was a general manager, uh, he would draft a running back every year because they general they get hurt a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of them only have three or four good years in them. So put, bring one in every year, cross your fingers. Okay, that's good. Offensive line, and this is a mess. Uh, and hopefully they'll get this straightened out. We have Havenstein and Edwards, the Wisconsin duo coming back as starters. Austin Corbett and Brian Allen, both free agents. And Coleman Shelton, also a free agent. And that's no small matter because I think the Rams would be comfortable with him as a starter at center. I'm assuming Whitworth retires as far as this discussion is concerned. And then you have backups like uh, Alaric Jackson, Bobby Evans, Tremaine Ankrum, Chandler Brewer, and a, a guy that kind of snuck onto the Rams roster, and I missed it, Drake Jackson, the rookie center out of Kentucky, who I think has been cut already twice by different teams. So 
maybe we shouldn't put, be putting a lot of stock into him. Yeah, so, he signed a futures contract from the Lions, I think. Yeah. Oh, is he? He is now, or he? Yeah, they Rams signed him to the futures contract. Oh, so the Rams they have, did. They, okay. have, they have his rights. Yeah, from he gotcha. came. He was released by the Lions, who who were all set at center, and um, so yeah, but yeah, that he's a backup for sure. Uh, but you're right. This is the. There is no doubt. This is the pers- uh, the position group um, has the most questions, right. and um, so yeah. If we assume that Havenstein and Edwards are uh, are back, we're now at two of five. Um, uh, if they can sign Note Boom for you know the projected four to six, I think that that's a a, uh, a no brainer. He may he may get a lot more money than that as a left tackle that fared very well when he got his chances. And I don't think the Rams are going to pay, um, pay him much more than, you know, the four to 6 million. I don't think they're going to go into the eight to 10 for. So, for so, so they could lose him to another team, no matter, it, regardless of how badly they want him. If, if somebody overpays him, I mean, the, the consensus is that he'll get sort of four to six. And I think the Rams would certainly take that um, and slot him in there. If they don't, then they're going to go and they're going to pay $10 million or something like that, or $8 million. They would go for somebody that uh, proven NFL out tackle, maybe somebody like Dwayne Brown from Seattle, um, who would be a fantastic fit, but I don't think they want to go that high, but they will, if they need to, obviously left tackle checking yeah. staff with blindside is, is critical. The other question marks, uh, they'll resign, uh, they'll tender Shelton almost certainly. And, um, he played very well when he had his opportunities. The big question marks, are, of course, are Brian Allen and Austin uh, Corbett. Those are the two, the two big question marks in this position group. Many people are saying they let's run it back, bring him back, um, and give you know this Corbett his his uh, eight to nine million, and Brian Allen his five to six million, and run it back. It's my opinion that. That was the weak link in their offense. They, they're, the reason they couldn't run the ball was those guys were getting pushed off the ball. It certainly wasn't Havenstein and <laughs> and Whitworth. And so, uh, and then if you, we all recall those, uh, the Tennessee game where their defensive line just blasted through the middle of our offensive line all game long. Right. Um, uh, San Francisco did the same thing. So strong, balanced defensive lines tore those guys up. They did okay, uh, better again in the pass uh, protection, but uh, they're the reason that our run game didn't work. They're, they're not, uh, even though there are, we run a, a zone uh, versus a gap uh, offense scheme, offensive scheme and run in the run scheme. And uh, that means those guys have to move and uh, into space. Um, which they got there, but they missed a lot of tack- they missed a lot of blocks. If you look at the PFF, um, so having said that, I think this is the position group most likely to go out after some free agents. Um, if they aren't lucky enough to get somebody that can start in the draft, which I think is a long shot, um, especially in an offensive line position uh, when they're drafting that late in the uh, draft. But I can see them going after a uh, a center that excels in the zone block scheme, maybe somebody like Ben Jones from Tennessee or Matt Paredes from Carolina, both those guys would be available in sort of the, you know, the 
five to seven million dollar range. And then I think the, they're going to do the same thing at guard and really upgrade at that position. There's some really good guards that excel in the zone block scheme. Uh, Lake and Tomlinson from San Francisco, James Daniels from Chicago. And uh, uh, those guys will cost in the eight to ten million dollar range. But I can see the Rams if they're going to spend anywhere. I think that's where they're going to spend. So this would obviously require the restructuring of four or five contracts, but from what I have read, this shouldn't be a big hurdle. Uh, getting Stafford and Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, a couple other guys restructured, that's probably going to have to happen. So you don't think uh, Tremaine Ankrum, Bobby Evans, or Alaric Jackson are ready for prime time? Or, uh, I mean, sometimes an offensive line, you can bring back note boom and sign a free agent guard and maybe get by with Coleman Shelton or Tremaine Ankrum at center? Uh, or do you think not? Uh, well, uh, they were on the roster this year um, and uh, Shelton got his snaps and did well. Tremaine Ankrum uh, didn't get any snaps. Um, neither, right. did Chandler, neither did Chandler Brewer. Uh, Alaric Jackson had his shot. Um, early on, and then he had one good game in Week 16 against the Vikings, um, but uh, that's still touch and go. Right. Um, Bobby Evans uh, played against Seattle, uh, got the most snaps that he had all year was against Seattle, and he did not grade out well at all. So, yeah, those guys have all had their chances. Uh, it's yeah. not like they're they're, uh, they're not like a note boom who had his chance and proved himself. Right. They all had their chances, and you know, they are clearly going to be backup guys that that come in as a, maybe a sixth uh, offensive lineman and play special teams and continue to try and develop them but none of those guys is is anywhere close to ready for yeah uh, what, really, what really confused me about brian allen is um you know our our eyes don't lie to us uh, i thought at times he played okay especially in the past game in the run game not so much but then you know pro football focus just, you know, graded him out really well. And he was, a uh, uh, he made the pro Bowl as an alternate. So I, I was really confused about Brian Allen, but. Yeah, I think we got, we've seen the, we've seen the, uh, the peak of Brian Allen and there's still yeah. plenty of holes there. Um, there's a reason that, you know, he's going to sign somewhere for $5 million, not, you know, not eight or nine. And yeah. um, we got to also remember that uh, he was hurt for, a year and a half prior to this season right um, you know and he's uh you know he took a beating this year so i think they got what they needed out of him and um i don't think that they double down double his salary go from three to six and keep him i think they go somewhere look somewhere else or go with shelton i'm not sure but my guess is they're going to sign two free agents on the offensive line a guard in a center and really bolster the interior uh offensive line that's good stuff tom um next up we'll get into the special teams and then we'll wrap things up tom will give us a summary from a contract and salary cap perspective as well The last group to talk about 
and special teams. We already talked about Brandon Powell. Uh, Matt Gay is a restricted free agent. I assume they bring him back, do what they can to bring him back. The long snapper, Matt Orzek, I uh, don't see a change there. He's still under contract. Now, Johnny Hecker, now, it, it, you've probably detected over the past year some disappointment uh, on my behalf with regards to Johnny Hecker. He had his moments this season, but for the most part, uh, for the highest paid punter in the league, I, I'm not convinced he's still he's still deserving of that. Uh, but he's Johnny Hecker. He's a potential Hall of Famer. I don't know. I don't know what we do with Johnny Hecker. What are your thoughts on him? And he's the one I alluded to a moment ago. You said Tyler Higby is a guy that could be cut loose. I think Johnny Hecker falls into that category too, but he's still at a punter's salary. You don't really save that much. So what are your thoughts on mainly Matt Gay and Johnny Hecker? Yeah, I think Matt Gay comes back. Uh, he was he was rock solid. Um, really haven't had a, a kicker since their line left and um, really stabilized that position along with Brandon Powell, obviously. Uh, the yeah, But in terms of Hecker, yeah, he's overpaid for how he performed this year for sure. And um, uh, But I don't see them... Um, cutting him um, you know they might restructure a little bit like they did last year and and try and uh, you know save a little bit here or there but he really did perform quite well uh, in the end of the season the second half of the season and in the playoffs yeah he, he did, did. Uh, getting back to not quite old old Johnny Hecker form but uh, a lot better and uh, so he also has the he obviously sees that he's the longest tenured Ram um, but he's also provides the leadership right he's a captain he uh, provides a lot of leadership, and uh, I think they bring back Hecker. Uh, but, you know, obviously they could cut him to save $3 million, but who do they replace him with? You know, right. Hunters are yeah. um, they're not a dime a dozen. And right. uh, so they could uh, spend a draft pick on a punter late in the, in the game, see what happens. But um, And then they have the option of cutting him later on. But uh, I don't think that happens in this offseason. Yeah, I just hope it's really odd. You don't, you wouldn't think uh, a punter's skill level would drop off like that. Uh, so hopefully he gets it back. Uh, I don't know what was going on with Johnny Hecker, but he had some bad games across this last season. So they bring him back. Hopefully he returns to the old Johnny Hecker, and all will be good with the Rand special teams. Let's do a summary then. Uh, last week we talked about. Uh, the defense. And I think what we came up with was, I think we see Sebastian Joseph Day and Darius Williams as being two free agents that we would likely see walk. And it looks like on the offensive side of the ball, you're thinking the Rams are going to replenish the offensive line, perhaps keep note boom, and maybe let Tyler Higby go. And then there's some restructuring that the Rams probably need to do. So I'll, I'll let you take a shot at it. How would you summarize everything we've discussed over the last two weeks with an eye on the salary cap, of course? Yeah. So on the offense, uh, the players that I don't have returning, all right, you know, I have letting the uh, Rams letting go into free agency are, as you mentioned, Corbin and Allen, uh, Michelle and Howell at the running back position. And, in terms of what they uh, who they bring back, 
I think they extend or tender uh, Wolford and Powell, Munt and Shelton uh, at low numbers. And they sign OBJ, OBJ to a rehab contract, say in the three million range. Uh, maybe they push the number for note boom up to five million, which I think he'll he'll be getting that or more in the free agent market uh, externally. So, but just let's call it uh, let's call it note boom at five million. Uh, ben Jones, uh, external center free agent uh, for say five million, and um, their guard James Daniels again external free agent for for nine million. So, what does that do? If we started today, uh, according to over the cap. The Rams are about $21.6 million over the cap for everybody, $13 million over for 51. But let's just start with the, the 21.6 to be conservative. If you if you do all of those offensive moves that I just discussed, it adds up to about $20 million in additional cap. If we bring all of those guys back that I just talked about, it adds about $20 million to the 21.6 uh, that they're starting with. So that's about $42 million over the cap. And Whitworth not coming back saves about $14 million. Higby being cut saves about $5 million. So now we're back to about the $21 million mark where we started. So Whitworth and Higby pay for all of the uh, free agent signings that we just discussed on the offense. So the offense becomes a break even. And in my opinion, a far superior uh, uh, unit than we had previously, primarily because we're bolstering the center of that uh, offensive line. And you had also mentioned earlier, you had mentioned to me that w- where the Rams might need to focus as far as the draft. Yeah. So uh, in the draft, I think we, uh, we discussed that the primary position um, from an offensive perspective would be running back. Uh, where they really go after some uh, some players as well as some offensive linemen who could uh, get maybe get into development as well, um, but certainly nobody that's going to step in and start. But on the offensive side, I really see the the primary point of emphasis being running back. Okay, so that's a good summary of the offense where you see us going, and and on the defensive side. Yeah, so on the defensive side, uh, we discussed uh, the players not returning as uh, Darius Williams, Sebastian Joseph Day, Dante Dion, and Ogo Okoronko. Um, so those players move on into uh, a payday, a higher, a bigger uh, role, et cetera, elsewhere. Uh, and they extend or tender Reader, Howard, and then uh, we'll just throw the special teams in here. Uh, Matt Gay, we already dealt with Powell on the offensive side. And then they sign... Uh, Von Miller, which we discussed, say it's it's two years, twenty million or something, ten million dollars a year, and sign uh, a free agent cornerback that excels in the uh, zone scheme at say uh, Dante Jackson, which would be my number one choice at two years, twenty million, something like that as well. All of those moves add about twenty one million dollars to the cap. So uh, we started just to summarize, we started at about twenty one. We broke even on the offense. Now we're adding 21. Now we're at $42 million uh, of cap space that's needed. Uh, Now we have to add in the draft picks and a lot, some money for them. Uh, I think while they get paid sort of in the seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar range, 
they will, the capital will only be about $3 million because some of those guys will replace guys that are already on the roster, et cetera. So let's just say to, to accomplish all of these things that we've discussed, they are going to be $45 million or thereabouts over the cap. And we'll need to figure out how to, uh, to deal with that. That's where the restructuring comes in. That's where the restructuring comes in. And then just to, to, to discuss the uh, areas of emphasis in the draft on the defensive side, uh, I think they'll target the inside linebacker position heavily. Uh, the, that position along with the running back position on the offensive side of the areas where they like to bring in lots of draft picks, uh, develop them, play them uh, right out of the box. And um, uh, they both can contribute heavily on special teams as well. They're not just sitting on the sidelines the whole game uh, or go on the inactive list. And um, and they also, those are the positions that they don't, and, and their salary cap, cap structure don't necessarily like to pay have big dollars to. So that's the position on the uh, on the defensive side that I think they'll really target in the draft. Yeah, and you can usually get really good value at the inside linebacker position uh, late in the draft. Okay, so for the restructuring, can you want to take a shot at that? What do you expect the Rams to do as far as restructuring goes? Yeah, so first of all, uh, just a, a quick summary of what restructuring is. Restructuring means that they move uh, salary numbers into bonus numbers, and salary has to hit in the current year where bonuses can be amortized over the life of the contract. So by restructuring contracts, you can push money out into the future. The upside is you save cap money this year uh, and potentially in the, in, the, in the next few coming years. But the downside is that that money becomes guaranteed and that, uh, that, that if you ever end up cutting that player, that that becomes dead money. So that's where the dead money comes in, in many of these contracts. So that's what the uh, restructuring is. The Rams uh, have been a leading the NFL in building in restructuring options into their contracts. In other words, historically, when a team wanted to restructure somebody's contract, they had to go back to the player and their agent and say, hey, we'd like to restructure. And oftentimes, the, the, depending on how much leverage they had, the player may say, well, I'd like a little bit of a raise as well while you do this. Well, what the Rams have done is, is avoided that by building in a option uh, on their own to be able to restructure contracts without having to ask the players. So uh, a couple little notes about restructuring and how it works. So getting back to the Rams and their $45 million over the cap position, given all of these uh, moves that we've considered, uh, they have about $68 million open to them in restructures. And uh, so the, the big six in that regard are Donald, which uh, I think we can all assume his contract's going to be ripped up and completely rebuilt, maybe somewhere in the three-year, $60 million range. Um, and doing so, even go giving him a, a nice raise, would save the Rams about $9 million. Um, Stafford is also due an extension. They've been meaning to do that ever since he was traded here and uh, probably come with a little bit of a raise. But again, in doing so, would save the Rams about $17 million in cap. Same for Cooper Cup. That would save about $11 million. Leonard Floyd is almost a surefire restructure. He has a big cap hit, I think it's about 20 million. And um, so that's almost sure to get restructured. Um, that would save about 12 million. Ramsey, 9 million. And not sure Woods will get restructured, but if they wanted to, 
they could save 10 million. So that all adds up to about $68 million worth of contracts that can be restructured or all of them and some, or some combination of them to get down below the cap uh, and, uh, or at the cap around that $45 million mark that they need to save. So this is a moving target. And by the time some of you listeners hear this, some of this restructuring may have already been done. I have heard that the Rams are already discussing a restructure with Aaron Donald, for example. So by the time you hear this, some of this may be a little passe, but trying to keep up with it as best we can. Hey, Tom, thanks a lot. I think our our listeners are really going to appreciate this, really good information, and we will definitely have you back at some point to revisit this again. And any of you listeners out there, if there's something you want to hear us talk about, if you'd like to get me a specific guest on, uh, reach out to me, let me know. You can email me at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com, but we'll definitely have Tom back. Um, I really appreciate it, Tom. I appreciate your time and I appreciate all the information. Hey, thanks for having me. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.